couple of weeks back, I went to Albuquerque for the living school. And uh, as part of going uh, there, I went out there on uh, a Monday morning because everything began early on, a, on Tuesday morning. And so, you know, they encourage you to get there a day early so you can kind of be there. Because I don't know about you, uh, I like to get where I'm, sometimes I, I like to get to a place, especially if I'm in charge of something. Say, for instance, preaching on a Sunday morning. I like to be, I don't want to walk in the back door as it's time for me to stand up and say something. I, I like to be there. So I was there all day long. I hung out with some of my other uh, friends in the living school. And that night, uh, they were all scattering and doing other kinds of things, and I was by myself. So I decided, you know, that, you know, the sun was going down. There was this gorgeous sky. I would put on my bathing suit, and I would go down to the pool in the evening and, uh, you know, get in the water and, uh, you know, discover if the hot tub worked. Because, you know, these are all important things when you're retreating at the living school. I just, you know, you have to do those things. So I got there. I was alone. It was just me. And, uh, of course, you know, there's all those warning signs. Don't, you know, don't go in swimming by yourself. You never know what's going to happen, those kinds of things. Uh, but, uh, you know, I decided what the heck. So I sat in the hot tub, I turned it on, it was pretty easy, it was warm, it was delightful. I got in the pool, it was cold, it was, you know, I watched the sunset, the sky was this beautiful burnt orange color, it was just amazing. I got back in the hot tub one more time, then I got in the pool one more time, and I decided, you know, I'm going to end with the hot tub. It's a little chilly here in the high desert, I'm going to end in the hot tub. So. I got back out of the pool, I got into, uh, I carried my towel over, I put it uh, near the hot tub, and I got in the hot tub, and I sat there for like five minutes, I'm like, okay, this is it, I, I can't get be in this thing anymore. So I get up, get out of the hot tub, slip, and think that I have broken my foot, or at least the second toe on my, uh, on my left foot, and I was uh, in that moment... Uh, thinking a number of things. I may have even said a few things out loud. Crud. Star buckets. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know exactly what I said. I just remember seeing stars uh, in addition to the ones that were in the beautiful sky above Albuquerque. So I, uh, I walked over. I got my towel. You know, there was blood, you know, all that good kind of stuff. You just think, great, what's going to happen now? It'll be all right. That's fine. Dry off. Go back to my room. And so, of course, it's nighttime and I'm by myself. And so I decided it's time for my contemplative practice, you know, with my throbbing toe on my left foot. And I'm like, you know, this is really what embodiment's about. This is really what it's like to have a body. Because without a body, I wouldn't feel any pain. There would be no pain at all. And I'm kind of thankful for this body. And even now, I'm going to be thankful for the pain I'm feeling in my foot. And so, you know, needless to say, a couple of days went by. It was fine. It wasn't broken. Uh, it bruised. It turned sort of a beautiful purple color. And then it came back, you know, to being a normal color. Everything's fine now. I can walk on it. I can jump on it if I want to. Um, yeah. But the truth is, having a body is a blessing. But it comes with all sorts of interesting side effects that we have to live with. Sometimes we have to have, like, surgery on our knees. Sometimes we have to do work on our eyes so we can see out of our eyes better. 
Uh, Patty could tell us all about it because, you know, she's had multiple knee replacements and now she's back at the rehab center from the hospital uh, because this time it looks like everything has taken, I mean, we hope. So, I mean, the reality is having this body, we think of it sometimes as a curse, and we keep waiting to be released from this body. If you really think about it, we tend to treat this body like it's a bad thing. If we could only believe in Jesus, we can punch the ticket out of this life. Only I don't think that's what the biblical message is at all. <laughs> if we listen to it carefully and closely, all the stories of creation are these beautiful stories. I, I mean, at a time... When, when the book of Genesis was being written, all the other creation stories that other people told were about how this war among the gods or the titans led to this terrible side effect. And what was the terrible side effect? Earth and people. I mean, you know, it was perfect and suddenly we had earth and people and what a mess that is. All of those creation stories that other people told we're about the negative side of creation. And yet our Hebrew sisters and brothers, our ancestors in the faith said, in the beginning when God was creating the heavens and the earth, and then it moves on to let there be light, and it was good. And all of the other pieces were good. In fact, crowning glory, day six, people, very good. Not just good anymore, very good. Fast forward to the New Testament. The Gospel of John feels like we need to get back to the beginning again. We don't need to begin this Christ story just with his ministry, as the Gospel of Mark does, or even with his, uh, with his long lineage of Hebrew ancestors and non-Hebrew ancestors, um, like Matthew and Luke do. John says, we're going all the way to the beginning. So he begins, in the beginning was the Word, was the Logos, was the creative power of God. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I mean, it's... And, and nothing was made that wasn't made by the power of God. If we get... If we fast forward from there to Colossians, which is actually backward if we're looking at time, because Colossians was written before that, Paul says in the first chapter... That, God, that, that Jesus, the Christ, is actually the glue that holds the whole universe together. Everything about what we are is held together by this eternal Christic presence everywhere. This chair, all of us are bound together. This creative presence is good. God in the beginning, whenever that Big Bang or however you choose to envision for yourself that the universe came into being, whenever that happened, God overflowed and began to shape everything. And it all reflects his glory. Read Romans 1, verse 20. Read it carefully because it says, we can see in every created thing a reflection of the eternal God. In every created thing. Creation is not a bad thing. This world in which we live, this community in which, and these bodies which we have, they're good things because they reflect God. If you think you can't see God and you keep waiting for this parting of the clouds to blow away, look closely at your neighbor. Look closely at your neighbor and you will see 
the face of God, a piece of it. Touch a tree in your front yard, or if you don't have a front yard, and if you don't have a tree in your front yard, go find a tree and touch a tree. Look at a tree. Spend time with a tree and realize that tree, that unique tree, in some, because God is infinite, in some amazing way reflects some bit of what God looks like. There is nothing you can touch and see and be a part of in this life that does not show you a little bit of God. Everywhere, all the time. So why don't we treat each other like the sacred beings that we are? Why don't we treat the earth like it's a sacred place to be that God has entrusted to our care that reflects God's goodness? When I was growing up, one of the things that because, and we still haven't gotten over this, but I remember public service announcements about trashing America, throwing trash out of your car, and it would show, you know, on television commercials, and you'd see this person driving by throwing out their uh, McDonald's or their Burger King or something. And then you'd see a Native American person standing on the side of the road with a tear running down his eye. Why aren't the tears running down our eyes? When I take long walks, I get to see how people don't care. Throw plastic bottles by the side of the road. You don't have to go very far to see the trash that we trash this world that God made for us. We don't take being embodied seriously enough. This is a gift. Yeah, I could fill that one. Yeah, maybe that was a little bit too hard. You know, I'm not George of the Jungle. So uh, the truth is, this body is a gift that God has given us. and We're meant to live in it. What if, as the mystics say, and as the Bible implies, at least as I read it, what if in order to love us, God had to make us physical? had to make matter. In order to love us, God had to make something that God could touch, that God could see. Not just an idea in God's mind. What if love looks like that? Think about it. Can you just love in your mind? You might think you can just love in your mind. We've made love an idea, a burning, passionate desire for something else. But is that really love? Or is love holding someone's hand, reaching out and touching someone, listening to them with the ears, the embodied part of yourself when they need someone to talk to? Is it sharing a word of hope and peace? Is it turning away, you know, uh, uh, an evil word with a positive one? Is it living and looking and being a different kind of person? Because it seems to me that this body we were given, this physical appearance that we have is something that is the way we are meant to express in some unique way, each of us, what love looks like. You are an expression of God's eternal goodness. You are an expression of love. The whole universe is held together by love. Think about it. Scientists tell us that there's more empty space than there is 
full space. Now, we don't see that so well. We look at this chair and we think most of this is solid. And yet most of this is spaces between the atoms and the molecules. Most of it is space. It doesn't look like space. It seems pretty solid, James. It seems pretty solid. And yet most of that is space held together in relationship. Held together in relationship. Science even tells us relationships, what it's all about. Love is what it's all about. Embodiment looks like love. Or we can make it look like love. You know, St. Teresa of Avila said, and I put that quote in the printed update for you, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands or feet on earth but yours. Yours, yours are the eyes through which God looks compassion on this world. You are the body through which God does good works in this world. You make love real or not real. You can choose the kinds of words that divide. You can choose the kinds of actions that push people away. You can choose all sorts of kinds of ways to break that which God brought together. We are meant to reflect that relationship, even the way we relate to each other. We think of each other as individuals. But when you look at this chair, do you think that this is just a bunch of individual atoms that just happen to be floating in the same space that's gray? No. <laughs> you think of it as a chair. Do you think of yourself as just a bunch of ad you know, atoms and quarks and molecules floating together that somehow came together? What if the universe looks at us all as a part? Not individuals, but individuals that are also part of the whole. We embody God in every moment. And if that is true, if that is true, that we're reflection of God's goodness and embodiment in every moment, it means every moment counts. And it means you only have this moment to reflect it. You only have this moment to be alive. Because part of the challenge of being matter is, I'm here now, and now, and now. I only live in the eternal now, which blows my mind. Because it's always now. And if I learn to live in the now with an absolute trust in God in this moment, first of all, one of the first things I realize is I have everything I need right now. Everything I need right now. I have breath. My heart's still beating. I have words. I can think. I have everything I need right now. Guess what? If I have everything I need right now, I have it right now too. And I have it right now too. And I have it right now too. And you know what that means? I don't have to be anxious worrying about the next now. What did Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount? What good does it do for you to worry about what's coming tomorrow? What good does it do? 
Does it make you feel better about this moment that you're in? Or do you even live in this moment if you're worried about tomorrow? What about all the regrets you live with? Hey, let's be honest with each other. There's all sorts of things you brought with you today that you regret. Oh, I regret that I didn't do that, that I didn't say those words. Oftentimes my regrets, unfortunately, in at least at an earlier permutation of myself, my regrets was I didn't have a smart comeback at that moment to really take that person's feet out from under him. I regretted that I didn't win that argument through whatever means was necessary. Those were my regrets. Now I regret not calling Michael before he died. Now... I regret some of the feelings I had about some people, but the truth is, even the past is gone. I have now. I have now to be in relationship with God. Now invites me to realize just how gracious God is. Look at this space. Look at the person next to you. Look at the fact that we have lights, that we have each other, that we have words to communicate. And even if you can only, you know, kind of you say, all right, well, words are, you know, you're, when you say love, you mean one thing, I mean another thing. You say God, you mean one thing, I mean another thing. You know, but we still, we still use those words. And for the most part, they communicate something that gives us a commonality, a connection to one another. And in that, God lives. God is not us, but God is not separate from us either. God's both at the same time. Messes with my mind every single day. I am not God, but I'm not other than God. Because Paul tells me, in God I live and move and have my being. There is no moment I'm separate from God. Not this moment. Not this moment. Or this moment. And I had to move around because otherwise you can't see the moment. And you still can't see the moment when I move. Because time is something we invented. We only have now. We only have now. We can only live now. If you have everything you need for this moment, where does your anxiety go? Where does your regret go? You only can choose now what you will do. How will you behave now? So, for many of you, this was the end of your first week of school. And, uh, you know, you might regret that you weren't kinder to your teachers you might regret that you had to go back to school this week, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Uh, be happy you don't live in Georgia. Hannah's been back in school since July. Since July. <laughs> so can't you, there's something to be happy about. <laughs> you didn't go back to school in July. You went back this week, August. Look at that. I'm really thankful in this moment. Well, choose this moment what you'll do with this moment. You chose this moment to be here. And I'll be honest with you, I'm very thankful you did. I like seeing your faces. Even if I can't see your face online, I like that you can see mine, I guess. 
you know, we're all connected wherever we are, wherever we are. We've got to learn to live in these bodies, not keep trying to escape them. Believing and loving God is not a ticket to escape this body. It's a ticket to live in it more fully. It's an invitation to be all God wants you to be. It's an invitation to love yourself and your neighbor and the world in which you find yourself and the God that made it all and is in it all and separate from it all at the same time. Being embodied beings is exciting. Hold somebody's hand. You don't have to do it right now. But you can. I see. It's really good to see that Grayson and Mal took me up right there holding hands. I appreciate that. Right there. But when you touch someone, when you're near other people, when you're near the world, even if the best you can do is touch the chair next to you, when you touch, you feel the love that connects us. It's a gift to be alive. It's a gift to be in these bodies. They're not what keeps us from God. In fact, they're what lets us relate to God and each other. So, we are, and we bring a gift to uh, all other religions, and that gift is from our Christians, we believe God became physical. We actually believe it happened in the very beginning. We also believe that God did it once as a human being. Therefore, being human must be good. And we're meant to live that human beingness, our humanity, to the fullest. So be in your bodies. Breathe into your bodies. Live in your bodies. Be more loving with your bodies. Because our faith is one that happens in these and these and these and this. And these. It happens everywhere. And without this, can't go into the world to share the good news of God's love in the way you live and love and build bridges. So be thankful for your body. Probably not perfect. There was no promise that it would ever be good. Is your body good enough? I think so. God made it just the way it is. Because God loves you. So that's it. Be embodied this week. Breathe. And when you breathe, be thankful that you're breathing. When you breathe out, be thankful you're breathing out. When you get up in the morning, be thankful. You know, I, 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 part of my reading, Thich Nhat Hanh says, the first thing you should do when you wake up in the morning, I know it's Buddhist, but so what? First thing you should do is smile. I've got another 24 hours to practice. That's what he says. He wakes up in the morning, first thing he does is smile. I've got another 24 hours to practice. And for us Christians, we sure do. Practice being alive, practice loving, 
practice caring for people we don't even really want to care about. Maybe, you know, even learn to love our sisters and brothers. All of them. One of the ways that we can, uh, I want to invite you to potentially think more about what it looks like to be embodied. This coming Saturday, I, I feel very fortunate, <clears throat> right here at St. James from 9.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., um, a good friend of mine from the living school who is a Buddhist nun, uh, High Ann, which means Sister Ocean, is coming uh, to be here with us. And we're going to have an interspiritual practices. We're going to talk about what does it look like to have Buddhist meditation? What does it look like for Christian meditation? What does it look like to uh, do Christian walking meditation? What will it look like to... We're going to practice being in our bodies. And I want to invite you to consider coming to do it. It is, uh, you know, there is a cost involved. Um, and the, it's $20 for the day per person. And that's really because Hyann lives in Toronto. So she's coming down on her way, visiting some other uh, teaching. She teaches a lot about uh, Buddhist practice as a Buddhist nun. But uh, we're going to share together a day where we talk about the goodness of the body, living in the body. So... I invite you, encourage you. You can get a ticket if you want on at Eventbrite. You'll find the link on our Facebook page as well.